Good morning. You are listening to KCOU.FM on the Sports Stream. I am Lucas Owens, your host for today's Hate the Player, Not the Game, Episode 3 in Studio C, the 4th, if you count Saturday's Sports Saturday special. Hope you could tune into that. But uh, yeah, pack show for you today. We're going to be going over the American Conference, American Athletic Conference, of course, looking in the general direction of the NBA and an ode to the Washington Nationals. With that, uh, let's get started. And of course, if you want any more American Athletic Conference action, make sure to check out the Most American Recap and Preview coming on Mondays and Thursdays, respectively, on KCOU.FM in the sports section. All right, let's get started. Well, uh, the first game of the week, Navy visited UConn in East Hartford. Just an absolute crazy environment to play a football game. Um, UConn, of course, coming off their second win of the season against UMass. Um, This one did not go too well for the Huskies, as I'm sure you've probably realized. Navy beat them by 46, 56 to 10. So, uh, Navy, great performance here. Of course, now they are ranked. They are 25th in the AP poll. Not sure what they will be in the college football playoff poll, which comes out for the first time today. So, uh, their triple option just continues to be lethal for a lot of teams. Um, they would be on they I still hold that they would be undefeated if Malcolm Perry was fully in the game in that second half against Memphis. That third quarter just really killed them. But uh he definitely looks like the quarterback of Navy's future. Um and uh should have really stuck with him before then. He was on the team last year, um kinda split time with Zach Aby. Um definitely looking like the right decision right now to play Malcolm Perry. But um let's uh pour one out for the Yukon Huskies. They are now officially eliminated from bowl eligibility. I know that's a little bit of a shock. But, um, yeah, they are eliminated from bowl eligibility in the last year of the Americans. So uh, one could say that they went out with a whimper. Let's get on to Saturday's action. UCF got some space in the third quarter on the space game day and took down Houston 44-29. to um, it really feels like the Knights haven't even skipped a single beat, even with their two losses. Their two close losses to Pitt and Cincinnati both feel like they were completely different teams at this point. This seems just rolling like they were before their streak got broken. Um, so Dylan Gabriel, their freshman quarterback, true freshman out of Hawaii, looks fiery hot right now. He had 293 yards passing with four touchdowns overall. So not his best game overall in terms of yards, but definitely just keeps improving. And what more could you ask from a true freshman quarterback? Um, but uh, really, this game was surprisingly close in the first half. But then uh, just in the uh, second half at the beginning, UCF consecutive, in three consecutive drives, very short consecutive drives, just um, drove the ball down the field and scored a touchdown and just opened their lead up even more than it was 
because uh, Houston just could not keep up with their offense at that point and could not score on their offensive side of the ball. But uh, Clayton Toon, the Houston quarterback, who's of course been the replacement for De'Eric King ever since De'Eric King went off to redshirt this season in hopes of having another good year next year. Um, he looks to be a pretty solid quarterback. Um, I mean, there's not much you can ask for when you just get thrown into the position of being a starting quarterback in the middle of the year. But uh, he's definitely looking a lot more comfortable in that role. Houston should definitely keep improving, but I honestly do not think that they have a bowl in their future this year, but definitely look to be a solid team and building a solid foundation in Dana Holgerson's first year. So um, now let's get on to the saddest show in the American Athletic Conference. The Tulsa Golden Hurricane just have absolutely faced a gauntlet of teams. Um, did not slow down for them this week. They faced Tulane in New Orleans, lost 38-26. to um, Of course, that loss coming off of a big fumble, which was a scooping score for the Green Wave. So just um, widening that gap even further. Um, so... The Golden Hurricane faced four ranked teams in a row. Now they're ranked. They face Memphis, SMU, Navy, and Cincinnati. Not in that order. And then they face Tulane. This week, a lot. And then next week, they're facing UCF, which is number 26. So just horrible luck for the Golden Hurricane. But the Green Wave, and this one, don't want to focus too much on Tulsa, but... The Green Wave played a dominating physical game. Um, yeah, but Tulsa not going to be bowl eligible this year. Um, two and seven after going two and two in non-conference play, especially with that win over Wyoming. It's a little bit shocking, but just look at their schedule. So uh, yeah, not the best season in terms of record uh, determining how good that Tulsa team is. All right, time to get to some ranked AAC football. Number 17, Cincinnati barely beat ECU and won on a last-second field goal to beat them 46-43 in Greenville, North Carolina. So this game was really the shock of the night. Everybody was focusing on SMU Memphis. And then all of a sudden, I look at the scores, and ECU's up about three touchdowns on Cincinnati, which is very surprising. Outside of the... Ohio State game, Cincinnati has looked very good this year. So that was just a shock to look down and do that. But uh, Cincinnati played a lot better in the second half, especially in that fourth quarter, to come back and eventually take it from the Pirates. But uh, for the Pirates, this game was a phenomenal game on their part. Um, Holden Allers, their quarterback, um, he threw for an insane 535 yards passing which is the school record at ECU. And that's nothing to scoff at because ECU has had some really good quarterbacks in their day. So just a great performance by him. And uh, as he develops, because I believe this is his sophomore season, he can start taking ECU places with how he's performing right now. Um, Desmond Ritter, the Cincinnati quarterback, he had been having a good few games lately. Um, Did not have the best performance in this one. Only 141 yards passing. So this loss just has to sting for the Pirates, and in time they will 100% be able to compete in games like this constantly. But uh, this is a fantastic performance by ECU. 
All right, last game of the American Athletic Conference. Uh, number 15, SMU, found their first loss of the season and lost by six to Memphis at the Liberty Bowl. Uh, good game all around, but uh, SMU just relied far too much on Shane Buchel's passing. Shane Buchel, of course, got more than 400 yards in that one, um, but their rushing attack just could not work really all night because they were kind of putting too much in St. Buchel's hands. Um, but on the other hand, Memphis spraying the ball around very well. Just uh, Brady White, who also had a fantastic performance with 350 y- yards and three touchdowns. The one difference is that's off 19 completions. So that's just, that's an insane 18 yards of completion. That's what you want to see for an efficient offense, especially with how Memphis's running attack was working so well Saturday night. So both teams, I mean, this game was going to be a barn burner regardless, but both teams' offenses just kind of destroyed the will of the other's defense in the second half. Um, In the first half, it was definitely a more competitive defensive game, but after the second half started, the defenses were just never the same and the offenses took over. But uh, both teams looked like they were going to go very far, both sitting with one loss and that one loss in conference play. And uh, for SMU especially, if Memphis drops one at some point through the year, through this year, of course they have Cincinnati in the last week of the season. That's going to be a very hyped matchup as well. Um, they could definitely find themselves in the AAC championship regardless of how um, this game shakes out as all. Let's get into some AAC West talk now. So, while the East is already basically decided when Cincinnati having to lose two more games for either UCF or Temple to be in contention, and Temple, of course, sitting at two losses, but they still have their game with Cincinnati left to go. Um, so, the East, as as it is right now, is going Cincinnati's way. But the West is very up for grabs, as SMU, Memphis, and Navy all just have one conference loss. Navy's actually sitting in first place right now just because they played their sixth game in conference already. They are 5-1 and one as they have Notre Dame later in the year and then, of course, Army at the end of the season. So Memphis has all of the tiebreakers because they already beat SMU and Navy. But Memphis also has that one loss at Temple, which is going to cost them if they lose again at Cincinnati in the last week of the season because that's going to open up to whoever wins the SMU-Navy game. But uh, a big week for the American Athletic Conference. They have four teams in the top 25. As said before, UCF is just one spot out at 26. Of course, Navy in that 25 spot. So it would just be a switch if UCF got in. So uh, conference is one of the most competitive this season that it's ever been. Um, they have the. I saw they had the third most teams of any conference rank, so just a fantastic performance all around. Let's talk some midweek Maction. Of course, this week is the start of Maction season, so we got some Tuesday and Wednesday night games coming up very frequently from now to the end of the college football season in about a month, and then we get into bowl season. But tonight's a two-parter. We got Kent State at Toledo. 
So Toledo's just having a very good year in the MAC, five and three right now. Um, relying more on defensive strength. Their offense not the most high power, but um, just a very good defensive teams in terms of MAC play. Kent State kind of fallen down from where they were a few seasons ago, struggling three and five. Um, should still put up a very good fight. They're seven point underdogs which considering the record is not too shabby and that they're on the road. So uh, some very excited premiere to Maction. So, and Maction part two actually comes directly after that. Ball State is at Western Michigan. So Western Michigan QB, John Wazink, having a fantastic year, already throwing for 2,273 yards in just nine games. Um, Drew Plitt for Ball State also doing good with 1,977 yards in just eight games. So a complete opposite of the first game with two more high-powered offenses. Should still be a fantastic game in Western Michigan. But uh, very, very excited for some action. All right, now it is time to look in the general direction of the NBA to get started the rise of the Phoenix Suns. So they are currently 5-2 and two right now in third in the Pacific. Um, Booker, Devin Booker, has been absolutely insane. Averaging about 25 points a game right now. And of course got 40 last night in their takedown of the 76ers. An absolutely statement win right there to prove that the Suns indeed belong with the class of the WN. Of the NBA, excuse me. Um, so Ricky Rubio has been a fantastic addition for them, helping them immensely, especially with Booker because now Booker can play off the ball more and just uh, catch and shoot. But uh, he's currently leading it with assists with uh, eight points a game, eight assists a game. Uh, but really, this just comes down to for the Suns um, development of the players that have been there for a while and free agent acquisitions. Um, so Dario Saric, Frank Kaminsky, Aaron Baines, and Ricky Rubio, as said before, have been phenomenal additions to the team that were made over the offseason. But also Kelly Oubre Jr., who came to the Suns last season, um, have been, has been developing more with them and playing a lot better. 18 points a game for him so far. Um, Baines has been definitely a surprise, as in, Aiden's absence, he's kind of picked up where Aiden left off. Um, he has 15 a game so far. Of course, DeAndre Aiden is currently out with a suspension. Should be back in about 20 games. But uh, definitely, just their death reminds me of some of those Warriors teams. Not when they won the championship, but maybe before then. How they just had so much depth and could uh, pick up off their bench right where their starters left off and uh they're just on fire right now so their two one point losses are their only blemishes which really one point it's not like just little screw-ups cost them those but they're still a fantastic team this year and uh they did in fact beat the clippers so let's go with another hot weather related team the Miami Heat are on loco right now. So they took down the Rockets with James Harden and Russell Westbrook by 29 two nights ago. 
Um, they're just playing good, consistent basketball that we haven't really seen from the Heat too much in recent years. Um, so they're playing the Nuggets tonight in what should be a fantastic game. I'll get to the Nuggets a little bit later. Um, Kendrick Nunn, who I talked about last week, still shooting an insane almost 20 points a game. Just a bounce for him getting a lot better right now. Um, six players are shooting above 14 points a game, so that's what you always like to see them spreading around the rock. Uh, Bam Adebayo, um, surprisingly, has been a force both on the boards and with the assists. The assist is the surprising part. Um, but the uh, Heat could definitely make a run with the class of the Eastern Conference as they keep playing good, solid, fundamental basketball. We'll have to see how Jimmy Butler, as he ingratiates himself with the Heat more, um, turns out. But they're looking very promising right now. Um, the Warriors continue to make me suffer, so I'm not going to talk about that. Let's get some ship watch with the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, quickly becoming the biggest team I defensive love for the game, fanboys over. Just uh, the way they play defense and hustle, especially with Kawhi now, who's been one of the best two-way players in the game in recent years. Um, it's been so much fun to watch. Um, but just the fact that they're mixing a top-tier superstar like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George eventually, which they should come back to the Clippers soon, with insane depth and insane defense equals a very happy host. So uh, definitely looking like a fun team this year. All right, I said I was going to get to it. Let's talk about Denver. They are very much in the mix in the wild, wild west this season. So uh, 4-2, they are right now tied with three other teams. Um, but the Joker kind of making a little joke. He kind of needs to pick it up in regards to point scoring. He only has 16 a game right now. Um, but, of course, as expected, he has been an absolute force on the board with uh, 10 rebounds a game. Um, and as said before, really recommend watching the Heat versus the Nuggets tonight, one of the better games in this early season. All right, let's talk about that other show in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Lakers. So at 5-1 and one right now, they are the best record in the West. But really, I'm not sure how long that can stay. Because, uh, like, Anthony Davis and LeBron are still playing very good. But when will they rest? Or when will they have injuries is the real question for me. I never really know when that's going to happen. And I'm not too confident that they are going to um, stay healthy all season with how much they're relying on them. Because depth is a huge concern for them right now. Really, you have Anthony Davis and LeBron. you got Danny Green, who's contributing a lot. And then you kind of have, like, Dwight Howard, I guess. And not much else there in depth. So, real, I'm not going to judge them too much right now. But uh, once they start playing some really good teams in the West is when I will start gaining confidence in the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, moving back to the East. The Boston Celtics have returned to their depth glory days before they added... Kyrie Irving, um, just another team this season like the Miami Heat and the Phoenix Suns relying primarily on depth. Um, Jalen Brown, of course, missed a game due to illness, but he should get back on his feet soon. 
has been a great player so far this season. Um, but somebody not getting talked about that much, Gordon Hayward. Absolutely looks like he's back in form. Of course, suffered that gnarly injury two years ago on opening night after signing the Max in Boston. But he looks like every bit of the Max player that they signed to come. All right, and lastly, before we go to break, um, the San Antonio Spurs have kind of been a surprising team that for me this year. Um, while they did drop one to the Lakers, probably the best team the Lakers have beaten, to be honest, um, they're second in offensive efficiency, despite being second to last in three-pointers made. So it's been a very turntable way of playing offensive basketball right now. Playing an older style, really reliant on rebounding and good movement. So um, doing very good this year. Second in uh, rebounds is a phenomenal set for them to have. Um, But I could definitely see them with all of their depth that they have making a deep run this year. Now that we are done with looking around the NBA... It is time to uh, give an ode to the Washington Nationals in uh, Game 6 and 7. So uh, last week, of course, talked about how poorly their trip up in Washington went. But uh, they really just turned around all of their fortunes in Houston's played a much better Game 6 and 7. Um, Steven Strasburg, of course, coming into pitch Game 6, did a great job there. And bullpen really backed him up, hitting phenomenal. Juan Soto, of course, had that huge bomb that really helped them a lot. Um, But really, it was Game 7 that made everything, of course. World Series Game 7s are really one of the best moments in sports to watch. So electric. So uh, Max Scherzer, of course, in mix missed game five with some tightness in some of his muscles hearing what he had to go through was a little bit shocking for an athlete as great as him as he was looked like he sounded like he was in a lot of pain but uh he ended up starting game seven um gave up two runs uh, of course that one of them being on a Yuri Guriel home run um but pitch about as good as you could expect for somebody that could barely move a few days prior so a great performance by him and a phenomenal game. Um, Zach Granke, though, was really the story of Game 7 for the first six or so innings. Um, he uh, pitched absolutely lights out, throwing a one-hitter for a while. Um, he was actually throwing that one-hitter until Anthony Rendon hit a homer. And then A.J. Hintz, the Astro manager, just decided to take him out of the game that was a little bit of a shocking move he usually is uh prone to leaving starters in maybe even a little bit too long so to take Granky out while Granky had been absolutely on fire he didn't even make that bad of a pitch Rendon really just took it and barely got it out of the ballpark it was just pure will from Rendon's part to get it out so a really shocking move to take him out there then uh of course, that ended up even more biting him in the butt because two batters later, Howie Kendrick uh, hit a home run with Juan Soto on base, took the 3-2 lead. Nationals never looked back. Um, 
Nationals would go on to put on some more runs later in the game. But uh, really, it was Zach Corbin who uh, was a very key difference maker. He's not getting a lot of credit, which is surprising, but he was phenomenal in that game seven. He pitched lights out out of the bullpen, a rare moment for him, but he was phenomenal there. Um, and then, of course, gave it to Daniel Hudson in the night. Daniel Hudson goes quickly through the Astros order, and the uh, Washington Nationals are World Series champions. So the Nationals just really played sound baseball for all of the games that they won. Of course, to take both games in Houston, um, that's all you could, that's more than you could ask for out of any team because, uh, Houston just coming in was so, so loaded on offense and in, in uh, their starting pitching, that to get to both Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander, was um, a great performance from their, uh, lineup, uh, and then of course, games three, four, and five, you never want to go back to your home up to zero and lose three in a row to give up the lead. So, not going to say much about that. There's not really too much to say about that. Um, just not a fun time for the Washington Nationals, I'm sure there. Uh, but, yeah, the Washington Nationals just played great baseball in game six and seven. Um, congratulations to a very weird team of dudes. I'm core. Uh, I'm guessing that most people saw what happened at the White House yesterday with Kurt Suzuki. I really think that just exemplifies how insane this team is. They were just having a lot of fun this year. And when you have a lot of fun and also play fantastic baseball, that's typically a formula for winning World Series, as I can tell you from watching the San Francisco Giants win in 2010, 2012, and 2014. It is time to look in the general direction of the rest of the college football world. Of course, lesser than the American Athletic Conference, just an opinion there. But uh, let's get started with Halloween action. A fantastic Halloween for college football, which is surprising as usually a midday Halloween. A midweek Halloween doesn't usually have very good college football games, but this Thursday was pretty intense. Um, Georgia Southern took down App State. Um, so App State coming into this undefeated. Of course, it taken down North Carolina earlier in the season. Um, yeah, but this uh, just ruined their undefeated season. So last year, of course, App State went into this deeper than hate game, name of the rivalry. They came in uh, in the top 25 for the first time of the year. Um, Georgia Southern ruined that for them. Uh, same thing happened this year. Ranked App State comes in, plays Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern wins. App State no longer ranked. Um, so Georgia Southern really relied a lot on Wesley Kennedy, um, a running back who ran for 145 yards and two touchdowns. Fantastic performance by him against a very talented App State defense. Um, Georgia Southern held Zach Thomas, the App State quarterback, to just 271 yards passing and three touchdowns. 
It's always good when you can get to their quarterback like that. But overall, just a great performance for the Eagles. All right, the second game of Halloween, um, another undefeated team playing a not undefeated team uh, with almost losing their season, but Baylor did not lose. The Spooky Bears got to 8-0. and um, I'm flowing under the radar a lot. They haven't played too many tough games so far this year. Of course, haven't played Texas or Oklahoma. I could see them splitting those or going... 0-2 oh, or 2-0, and oh, I have no clue, for to be honest, with this Baylor Bears team. Um, but yeah, they've been very good. Um, special teams came in clutch a lot with this game, blocking a last-second field goal by the Mountaineers to keep themselves perfect and avoid overtime, so always good when you have that. Charlie Brewer got 277 yards and two touchdowns in a big win. And so uh, they are currently, because of Oklahoma's loss to Kansas State, just about a week and a half ago, on top of the Big 12. So we'll have to see what happens uh, as they play more Big 12 teams, but could definitely see them playing alongside Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game, especially because Texas already has those two Big 12 losses, both to Oklahoma and TCU. All right, now to go to another team under the weather. This game in set under the radar, excuse me. This time on a Saturday morning, uh, number 23, Wake Forest, took down NC State at home 44 to 10. So this one looks surprising if you haven't been paying a lot of attention to where these two programs have gone in recent years, but Wake Forest has been very good so far so they've just been building themselves up for the last few seasons behind the scenes um quarterback Jamie Newman has been solid all season for Wake Forest a key to their winning ways um 287 yards and three touchdowns for the Demon Deacons on Saturday great performance by Wake Forest there um something the uh, coach of the old coach of the UCF Knights did on Saturday was lose to Purdue 31 to 27. Scott Frost, of course, uh, some claims that he might already be on the outs a little bit at Nebraska. I think they're really unfounded. I think he'll get a very long leash and hopefully will turn their program around. But that did not happen Saturday. Um, Purdue not having a good season at all. Been injury riddled just forever they still found a way to beat this nebraska corn husker team uh, nebraska just i don't i don't know what's happening anymore with this team they were so hyped coming into the season as i feel like they are a lot um just could not get it done um adrian martinez their quarterback did not have a very good game only had 247 yards passing and two touchdowns rushing no passing um so just nothing's really firing for the corn huskers right now um hopefully they won't be firing scott frost but yeah not a good look for them there uh in the teams in florida that used to be good and aren't good anymore miami beat florida state 27 10 to get to 500 both teams sitting at 500 right now um 
Darren Williams, the quarterback for Miami, had a great day with 313 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Miami defense held FSU to just 203 yards. Always a good sign when you do that. And Florida State um, used to have that huge bowl streak, got broken. Uh, but I don't think I think they're going to have a very hard time getting bowl legible this year um, with the way their schedule is shaping up and how good they are, especially now that Willie Taggart has been fired. The story of the week so far in the college football world um, kind of came at a shocking time. It's kind of proven not to always be the best thing to do to fire a coach midseason. You're kind of throwing this season away, especially in a season where Florida State maybe has a chance of going bowling. Um, would have to go 2-2 two and two for at least from here on out to do so. But, yeah, Florida State fired Willie Taggart, not even through his second season. Of course, was at USF before leaving for Oregon, before leaving for Florida State. We'll have to see where he ends up now. Rumors are that he could actually end up at USF if uh, Charlie Strong ends up getting the axe, would be, which would be very funny, but I don't think that could happen. Charlie Strong has been doing a better job with the South Florida Bulls lately, so don't see that happening to them right now. But uh, definitely could see. Um, will be interesting to watch this coaching search. Um, of course, Rutgers fired their coach just a few weeks ago and now Florida State on the market too so two power five programs looking for coaches should be a fun fun coaching search to watch especially with it being dragged out but uh that is all I have for today um thank you for listening to this week's hate the player not the game I will be back again this Saturday in the mid-afternoon to bring you some college football updates. Thank you for listening and have a great rest of your Tuesday.